Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Well, this morning we arrive at one of the most infamous events that we have seen yet in Scripture as we go through the Old Testament, the familiar story of the golden calf. Now, again, this is one that you might remember from Sunday school. This comes up in the movie versions that have helped make Exodus a little more famous or well-known than other books of the Bible. But let's dive in today to the significance, and we'll find both a warning and an example for us to follow. Our Old Testament reading today is Exodus chapter 30 through 32. Now, it culminates with 32 being the golden calf. One thing just to hit on or a couple things to look at as we get there, you, you see in chapter 30, the instruction for the the instructions for the construction of the altar of incense. It talks about a census tax. And at the end, it talks about the ingredients of the altar of incense. So that was something that there was there in the holy place where they were meant to keep this incense burning um, all, all the time in the tabernacle and, you know, put all these things together, hopefully this sweet smelling thing. And just even reading through that, I'm reminded of places like Psalm 141, where David says, may my prayers arise like incense. So maybe that's helpful just to connect that imagery of what we're reading with this altar of incense to our prayers and thinking of our prayers being a sweet smelling aroma to God. In chapter 31, you see these specific men who were gifted to build uh, these things. And then in chapter 32, we get to the story of the golden calf. And like I said, we want to be warned, but we also want to see an example in this chapter. And the warning is going to be about the sin of the golden calf, uh, where the, the people now, they come to Aaron in verse 1, and they say, up, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and burnt, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And so there, you see a lot going on, a lot to comment on just in those few verses. One, notice how this idolatry seems to come somewhat from impatience. We don't know what's become of Moses. God, you know, his presence, even with the the thunder and the cloud, is all still there. But they lose patience in, in waiting to hear from God, and they seek to come up with the solutions themselves. And as we start talking through these things, you're going to realize, oh, these these are challenges that aren't unique to the Israelites in the wilderness. These are challenges that people face today. Exactly. Today, many people stray into sin because they lose patience with God. God is taking longer than we want. 
And so we start looking for other solutions. Another thing I want you to notice about uh, just the sin here is that it is not billed at least or presented as a total rejection of God. Uh, you know, it's it's trying to say, oh, the, these are the gods that brought you out of the land of Egypt, and they're offering sacrifices. You, you know, they even call it a feast to Yahweh there in verse 5, that they're offering the sacrifices. So this is clearly something sinful. This is clearly something wrong. This is clearly something that God hates, but it is presented as something that is for God. And that is, again, something that happens often today. We lose patience. We want to do things our way, but we still present it as, well, I'm doing this to honor God. And then when it says they sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, what play? What's going on there? Well, especially from the New Testament, we seem to get the idea that this is talking about sexual immorality. Uh, that So this idolatry comes from impatience. It still might attach the name of God to it, but it doesn't honor him. And it's clearly even more geared towards pleasing the flesh. And so this is the warning that we need to hear. You are going to be tempted to stray from the Bible. You are going to be tempted to stray from the will of God. And those temptations uh, will often be the result of impatience where we need to keep waiting on God instead of seeking our own solution. And oftentimes they will still be presented as something that's faithful to God, even though they contradict what God has clearly said. And um, often they will be very fleshly, very indulgent things there. So that's a warning we need to see from this episode of the golden calf. But also we need to uh, see an example here. And in the example I think we're going to see is through the prayers of Moses. And so God basically tells Moses, hey, I'm going to destroy all the people and I'm going to start over with you. Like Moses, you are now Abraham 2.0, starting over with you. Then verse 11, but Moses implored the Lord his God and said, oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised, I will give to your offspring and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Now, there's a lot of you know theological questions. What does that mean for God to relent? But I want us to focus on the prayer of Moses and how Moses goes to God and notice he appeals to God on the basis of God's glory and on the basis of his promises. He goes to God and says, God, what will the Egyptians say? You are a great God, but the Egyptians will dishonor you because they'll say, look at what God did. He, you know, he just took his people out to slaughter him in the wilderness. What an evil God. And then he appeals to him on the basis of his promises. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel or Jacob. Remember the promises 
that you made to them. And that is instructive in our prayers. When we really want to plead with God, it is important that we go and we make sure our prayers are based on His glory and really uh, based on His promises. And that's where if we get honest about our prayers, lots of times that's not what our prayers are based about. Our prayers are based on our comfort and our desires. Um, And if you want to see more power in your own prayer life, find the things that clearly connect to the glory of God. Find the things that connect with God's promises and lift those up to God. And also we see a selflessness and a compassion in Moses' prayers. Um, Even as he goes to, to God again in verse 32, he says, But now if you will forgive their sin, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of the book that you have written. So even Moses isn't saying, God, you know, if you want to judge them, judge them, whatever. He's saying, God, if, if you're not going to forgive them, then blot me out too, right? He is clearly uh, interceding and, and even pleading with God and willing to give up himself for others. How, how often do we pray for others like that? So a lot going on in the story of the golden calf, more we could discuss, but let, let's at least consider that warning and consider also the example that we see in this well-known chapter. In our New Testament reading today, we look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 23, Mark 6, 7 through 11, and Luke 9, 1 through 5. And all of this is Jesus sending out the apostles to do ministry, even while Jesus is still here on earth. And obviously, the passage that gives us the most info out of those three in the Synoptic Gospels today is Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 23. Now, one interesting thing about this passage, just actually several very interesting things and even some hard to understand and very debated things, but one thing at least is clear that some of this is clearly unique for their specific ministry they are about to begin. Uh, For instance, some of those initial instructions, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's clearly not something that all the apostles will do for all time. Or even some of the other things like verse 9, acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff for the laborer deserves his wages. Even later, Jesus kind of instructs them, no, you, you can bring a spare if you need to. Like These aren't things that seem to be in effect for the church for all time. But then there are other things that are said that clearly seem to go beyond the lifetime of Jesus Christ on earth and his earthly ministry, um, and even some things that seem to get into the realm of the end times. And and that's where, you know, things can become more debated, but some of these things clearly are uh, things that Christians need to consider today. For instance, verse 16, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves, right? I think there is a lot that we need to glean from that. There's a shrewdness that we need to have about ministry in a hostile world. And then also there's words said here just about persecution that is coming and a trust that Christians can have in persecution. And that is something we need to understand as Christians today. We should expect persecution. If we're not experiencing persecution, we should say, well, that's that's not normal for Christians throughout history and throughout the world. Um, and especially if it's not in a severe form, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will experience some kind of persecution. And so these passages can help you prepare for persecution by building your trust 
in God. And a good reminder that if your eschatology somehow says, well, Christians will never be persecuted, that's just not what the Bible says. Um, the Bible says you know, we should always be prepared for persecution as believers. And this passage, even though it was given to the apostles back during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, it gives us some helpful things to think about and really reasons to trust God, that he will help us uh, even know what to say in those times when that will happen. So uh, a lot going on in Matthew chapter 10 and in these other passages and some things that really should encourage us today. Don't you just love seeing how the Bible, even though we're looking at uh, just instructions to the 12 apostles a couple thousand years ago, or even way back farther than that, this whole episode with the golden calf, we are finding things that we can learn and apply to our lives today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.